0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Chess for Life Spotlight. And I'm really excited today with our guest, Steva Sankrithi, if I hope I said that correctly, who's been a longtime connection with an amazing backstory that not everybody knows. From 10 years as the high school math teacher at the prestigious school Lakeside in Seattle, to retiring from that career early before most people are even halfway into their careers, to a new career that I'm sure he'll be excited to share about in terms of some home education, an advisor on projects including preschool and early learning chess, and many others in the education space, to a talented musician, to you name it. Shiva has done so much. Very excited to have you today and to jump into some of these topics. So welcome to the spotlight, Shiva.
1: Thank you so much, Elliot. I'm looking forward to it.
0: And I hope I said that correctly. And you know, it's been a real joy connecting with you over the years from high school chess through what you've done with nationals chess and all these different things but before we get into all the chess aspect can you let our audience get to know you a little bit you know where you're really from what you're focused on at this stage of life maybe even a little bit on the personal side
1: yeah absolutely so my name is Shivasankriti I am 35 I'm a Seattle boy born and raised uh, i live with my wife, Arthi, and my two boys, Sarang and Vivan, who are nine and four. And yeah, chess has been a major part of my life. And, you know, it's never been the sole focus, but always something I've enjoyed and dabbled in, in various ways. And as you mentioned, I retired when I was 29 to focus on homeschooling my kids, as well as Running a small educational consulting nonprofit where basically I teach math and I work with kids of all ages from preschool all the way to college. And I also work with educators and schools and basically just give back and help out however I can. That is
0: awesome, Shiva. And you know, with that, let's even take that a little bit further here, because you left the educational delivery in high school in order to focus upon your boys and empowering others, Mm -hmm. right, through your consultancy. Can you share a little bit about what led to your making that choice?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so I think, you know, I, I grew up in all sorts of different education models. I went to private school, I went to public school, you know, I've, Dabbled in everything, and and I think what I found was that, you know, in seeing my older son developing, I, I found that, you know, there's whenever there's a discrepancy between kind of where they are intellectually and where they are emotionally, mm-hmm. um, whether that's an age discrepancy or what, mm-hmm. I I think that definitely. The system doesn't do a fantastic job catering to that, and I felt, for me, as an as a lifelong educator, I could do much better, and and I think that, you know, it was it was actually really interesting, Elliot. I'll tell you one quick story. You know, we were we were driving on uh, the road by our house, and and the road number is one hundred and four, and I remember my he must have been in his late twos or, or early threes. And, and, you know, we were, we were driving on there and this, and this little kid in his booster seat or car seat at the time actually was, was, you know, I heard this little voice in the back and he said, what the podium. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. What, what is, what is, what the fodium And then and I'm like, okay, so that, that sounds kind of like rutherfordium, which is, which is a chemical element. And so then I, you know, I pull out my phone, I Google it and, and sure enough, that's element number 104. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Something, something, something's wow. a little, something's a little weird here, right? Like, like, wait, 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 how did that happen? And so then I re, and I, so you know, I talked to Arthur, and I'm like, wait, did you tell, did you tell him about this? I didn't tell him about this. You know, he's 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 not even three. And and so then we realized that that morning he was eating on you know those little mats that mm-hmm. that kids eat on yep. with super graphics and whatnot. He was eating on one with a periodic table, and wow. it was just it was just there. And so I think. That was the initial trigger, honestly, Elliot, and and it was yep. it was then when kind of the wheels started turning. Like, okay, we we need to we need to approach this kid a little bit differently, and and right. and you know, offer him opportunities to really explore and learn in interesting ways. You know, if if stuff that comes into his head is retained in that way, and you know, those yep. connections are able to be made, yeah, wouldn't that be cool if we could put ourselves in a position to foster and facilitate that. Right. Wow. Yeah. That is really awesome. And what and what I really take away from
0: that too is the awareness that you had for how your son, even at that early age, his learning capability or what, how he was picking things up. And so rather than just going, okay, so I'm just going to follow the standard process. I'm going to pick up on that and leverage that, right? Yeah. And foster what you see as a capability, right? It's similar to actually one of my sons, uh, Caleb, when he was two, I think it was, he said to my wife, he goes, mom, why is circle spelled with a C instead of an S? Right? And that curiosity went, well, I guess we might as well start. (laughs) And right, there's no reason to say you have to wait till X time Right, And then you yeah. obviously said, rather than me focusing my majority of my time upon my career in teaching high school math, why don't I do what I could with the opportunity you have to foster that with your kids and then have the flexibility to make even greater impact through your advisement work? Absolutely. So that's really cool how you, you jumped on that. So thanks for sharing how you started some of that transition. Yeah. And there's there's so much more we could talk there. But of course, this is the Chess for Life spotlight where we also talk about the impact of of chess as a vehicle with making a difference right in local and global communities. So let's talk about the chess aspect of your background with chess. And I mentioned music and others. So how early did you learn to play chess? You know, when were you introduced to the game and what did you do with chess?
1: Yeah, great question. So I was, so I played kind of casually at home with my parents and my grandparents and my cousins in elementary school, okay. but, but really I started playing chess more seriously in middle school, I think it was about seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And, and that was because uh, actually some of my classmates who were competitive chess players on the team, they, the team element came in. And so there were opportunities for team games and team awards and things like that. And they needed an extra player. And so I was a classmate with them in their, you know, more advanced math class or whatever it was. And Mm -hmm. uh, they said, hey, do you know how to play chess? Would you be willing to come to practices every week and get better? And so and, and I think this is kind of really what chess has brought to me in the biggest way is this this feeling of community and and mm-hmm. camaraderie and and you know I would say throughout my life so many of my dear friends you know I met through chess and that to me is is really its power because you know back then I I think I had a lot of the algorithmic thinking spatial reasoning kind of some of those mm-hmm. mental skills that chess brings about mm-hmm. through other mediums but now I could really start building those friendships and that community through chess, so that's the initializing story, and then I came back to teach at Lakeside when I let, was. Let me let me interrupt yeah. there for a second, and yeah. then we'll come right back to
0: this yeah. chess at Lakeside, because sure. you you pointed out something that I think is growing in awareness, but isn't always perceived yet by those who don't play chess, mm-hmm. right? This this uh, view or this feeling that chess is a perhaps an introvert nerd type game. Mm -hmm. I hear less and less of that, honestly, as things progress. But you pointed out that what actually attracted you to the game beyond having just learned how to play it was actually the community aspect, right? The social connection, Mm -hmm. the the friendships you can build. And I can attest to that as well, right? That was an outlet for myself. And you obviously, it's not like chess was your only thing, right? You had- music you had sports you had all kinds of gaming right
1: yeah all kinds of f- absolutely absolutely so so, so like, yeah that, that's exactly right like i mean you know i i played tennis and i had tennis friends i had uh, music friends i play the flute and yeah. you know uh but but i think that's what drew me to the game and, right. and to be honest over time i've probably developed more friendships through chess than anything else i mean it's just because it's it's such an amazing welcoming community Yes,
0: exactly. So, so back to that journey. So there you are now with Lakeside and, and chess at Lakeside.
1: Yeah. So what happened was basically the former chess mentor, advisor, uh, faculty sponsor, whatever you call it, he was retiring and he knew, he knew that I enjoyed the game, that I loved it. And so, you know, he asked me, Hey, would you be willing to take over? And so I did. And so for, for nine years, I, basically led and mentored that team, you know, mm-hmm. I would, I would hire master teachers to come in mm-hmm. and, and give lessons and things like that. You know, our, our dear friend, uh, Josh Sinanen, mm-hmm. who runs Washington, Chester, and he was, he was one of them. And, you know, uh, that was, that was really lovely. And basically what happened was, you know, we, we grew the program in some really cool ways, because I mm-hmm. think, what happens is when, when an administration sees the buy-in and sees the takeaways and sees the kids learning and growing, not only in chess and, you know, accolades and all of that, but also in joy and love for the game and all these things, I I think that, you know, it, it builds more trust in not only me, but the program and more people want to come in and it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so, we won several state championships. We won um, multiple national blitz titles and bug house titles. Um, I think in terms of the main national event, we won some in middle school in high school, I think we got second yeah. um, our best year. But but yeah, I mean, you know, results aside, I think just kind of though that camaraderie, that friendship. And honestly, if you think about from the school perspective, donations like donations came in because parents wanted their kid in our program yep. because we had a program that was working. And so just kind of facilitating that and empowering that was yep. was super fun and, yep. and you know, really re-energized my love for chess even more. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So let's talk a moment here about the benefits of chess, right? Well, you've alluded to some, we've talked to you know, about the social connection, but let's dive into what would you consider to be some of the the top benefits that you would point out in terms of why chess why should kids play chess you know beyond just a club and a connection point
1: Mm -hmm. no absolutely absolutely so i think that you know a lot of people new to chess view it as this thing only for hyper intellectuals and Mm -hmm. unapproachable and i I would argue that it's completely the opposite i would i would say that if anything chess is a gateway to better STEAM learning and performance. And, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of STEAM world is, is where most of my work is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it, you know, we've done some early childhood education chess work together. And, you know, looking at my four-year-old, you know, Not only the letters, the numbers and grid sense that you can see on the chessboard, but just the ability to take turns, the ability to be patient, the ability to plan ahead. And, you know, I'm a game theorist as well, you know, that's kind of what I studied in, in, in school, in college, and, you know, one of the biggest things in game theory is this idea of making rational decisions under mm-hmm. uncertainty, which, which one could make an argument is really what life is all about. Right. I mean, like, like <laughs> really? pretty much every element of life is, is you're in an uncertain situation. Yep. What are you going to do about it? And, and I think chess in a safe, fun, collaborative, and yes, competitive environment allows that to really grow and kids can gain that confidence. And through that, you know, Self-advocacy, spatial reasoning, um, algorithmic thinking, and and you know, all of these things that are so vital for success in really any other space.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely in a fun way. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're talking about actually quite a few aspects of the game here. And and a key one that stands out there is like you're saying, this parallel towards life, right? Making making decisions in a framework of uncertainty, but yet you've got guidelines that help you learn and grow and pattern recognition in these. And just, you know, for those listening who might be new to the game of chess and, and chess notation and such, you alluded to the letters and numbers. And what we mean by that is that the chess board eight by eight has a grid, letters to name the files up and down, numbers numbers to name the rank side by side. And so every square has a name, like A1 is your bottom left corner, H1 is your bottom right corner. And so that's the language we're talking about when we say letters and numbers on a chessboard. And there's so many direct parallels into education that way, yeah. right? From squares and geometry and space and, and using the numbers and even, even little things like how many squares are actually on a chessboard, right? <laughs> you know, yep. eight by eight. Obvious answer becomes 64, but there's actually 212, I believe, uh, or, or close to that number. And if you're wondering how that's possible, look it up. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. um, and that's not for you, Shiv. I know you would know that. No, but I know, I know that. Right? Exactly. No, it's, a great, it's a great puzzle. It's a great puzzle. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, there's these parallels. And on the point of, making decisions and uncertainty. Sometimes people think that to play chess, you got to memorize, right? you got to memorize these openings and these patterns. And I like to say then, well, not really. I don't have a memory good enough for that because in the first four moves of each side, right? The number of permutations or unique positions is upwards of 280 billion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when a game can go 30 plus moves, you know it's 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 mind-boggling and yet like you said in terms of life life is even more complex yeah. right because in life you don't wait for someone to move right. <laughs> right. right you make decisions with lots of uncertainty but what a freeing thing that is to develop the confidence the willingness to be comfortable making decisions with uncertainty like you pointed out what a huge skill that is right absolutely, absolutely. especially in today's world look at the challenges yeah. we face no look at how fast things change right yeah yeah. So so that's that's awesome. I appreciate you pointing those out and there's much we could say about that. So let's let's go a little bit further though into the early learning side. So you've talked about your son who's four. We did a little bit of collaborative work and you provided some invaluable advisory input as we worked on an early learning chess project. So let's talk for a moment how early can you start kids in chess. And I don't mean, let's say a prodigy here or there. I mean, in general, if you think early education, right? If you think classrooms, preschools, all over, we're not talking one-off situations. Where do you think and where do you have you seen and what's your input when it comes to early education chess and the benefits of it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, you know, I would argue that it can be started very very young i would say even a even a two-year-old um certainly a three-year-old could could learn elements of it and i think part of the issue is whenever you say that it's just this misperception of you know these these elite gms playing these grandmasters playing these games where you know this is not what we're talking about here like we're we're talking about learning right and so i i mean just yesterday you know we were at a we were at a choir rehearsal and and my four year old was uh, waiting for his brother and he was playing with a seven year old and teaching him some stuff. And this little two year old walks over and is like, what's that? And I'm like, that's a queen. This is the, you know, this, right. this is an amazing piece. And she's like, wow. And, right. you know, it, and, I think, and I think that, you know, if we if we pull back a little bit from yeah. the competitive side of things, the the and all of that, the just learning about the pieces, learning about how they move, learning about the squares and, you know, learning about those letters and numbers and beginning to see patterns with fewer pieces on the board than a traditional full on chess game. I mean, I think you can start as young as you want. And I think that the kids gravitate to that. Right. I mean, I think, you know, like, like with, with, with your son and my son, you know, they'll surprise you all the time. Right. I mean, and they don't have to be prodigious or anything. It's just any child. I mean, I think the beauty of early childhood is that there is this aplomb, this energy, this desire to learn that is really unparalleled. And, and I think that just kind of harnessing that and fostering that, with with chess as a lovely medium to do so is is so important and something that kind of gets lost.
0: In, mm-hmm. yeah. In really yeah. Absolutely. And you made a couple of key points there that you know that we like to like to point out, which was that perception of chess being this complex game and everything else. Yes, it is a complex game at high levels. It absolutely is. But when we talk about it as a vehicle, as a tool for for community positive impact right? What an amazing educational tool it is, right? And the kids just think they're learning something cool and new. And many times, they're young enough, they don't know they can't. Yeah. And I say that not because they can't, but because how often does society put this expectation of what you can or can't do? And when a kid doesn't have that ceiling on them,
1: it's amazing what they can accomplish, right?
0: Absolutely. We've both seen and- that.
1: Yeah, and I think again, like that's going back to our earlier point, like that's what drew um, myself and Arthi to to homeschooling. I, I'm sure it's similar for you and your family. And I think it's it's really just this this idea that if you let the child take the lead with with the right scaffolding, the right resources to kind of let their imaginations run wild and right. and grow and and not kind of set societal or whatever expectations on them. Yeah. It's pretty incredible what they can do and Absolutely. What, what they can learn. And, yeah.
0: and, and once again, for those listening who might be new to the game and going, no, I, I just can't fathom three, four-year-olds, even a two-year-old getting introduced. Let me just break that down to something specific. Here's an example. The king in chess is the tallest piece, usually has a cross on top. And the king moves one square any direction. So if you're working with a two, three, four-year-old, learning to identify the king and set it upright inside a square is a win. Yeah. And then learning that it moves one square at a time, and you actually take turns and play this game of, can I move it until it reaches the edge? They've just learned the term edge and what it means. They've learned what a square is and what it means. And they've learned to take turns right? Impulse control working together. it's They're already getting positive outcomes. No, they're not checkmating anybody and we're not trying to make them checkmate anybody, but they're using these tools from the game that slowly build. And over time, they actually do play a whole game of chess. I've seen that happen with three-year-olds and four-year-olds and many oh. others. Now, speaking of that, You know, chess has these certain benefits and we know that at the higher levels, right? Higher levels of thinking and problem solving and planning and strategy, right? All these complex elements that can come together. Where do you see the benefit of chess coming in terms of a chess skill? Like, do you have to become a strong, right? Master, expert, right? At what level do you see the benefits or do you see these benefits as really independent of your chess ranking skill? Where would you, where would you see, let's say the curve of benefit
1: versus
0: (laughs) learning break? Yeah.
1: So, so I think, I think there's definitely different benefits at, at different levels. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously, you know, you've, you've reached a higher level than I have, so you can speak to that more to some extent, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that at an early level you know a lot of my students uh private students in the math space and in other spaces you know they played chess in kindergarten first grade things like that and they're they're no longer playing competitively but i i think even at that level at a very beginning level they're i see their confidence in their learning at, at a different level i i see that when they encounter a problem in the math class in the science class in history or english it doesn't really matter um they're not scared they're not turned off by the problem in fact they view it as a fun challenge to try to surmount try to navigate Mm -hmm. you know and and i think a lot of that is due to chess now in terms of the growth i would say that you know the like once they get to about the thousand rated level so Mm -hmm. you know they're playing tournaments um and and beginning i think I think there, you know, the biggest thing, especially for kids is patience. I think the, the patience <laughs> that comes is incredible. I mean, yep. I was first exposed to this when I went to a super nationals event facilitating Lakeside, yep. side, yep. and I just peeked into the K-1 room, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a bunch of four to seven-year-olds in a yes. room, like a thousand of them, yep. and you could hear a pin drop, you right. know? Right. And they were laser focused.
0: Where and- else in the world would you see that? Right. Right. It was
1: not, I mean, It's hard to imagine. Completely right? mind blowing. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. And, and, and I mean, it was, it was kind of then like I didn't, I didn't have kids at the time, but it was then I was like, wow, like, like this is, I mean, I knew chess helped me, but wow, like this is really powerful you know? And, and so, and then I think, you know, when you, when you get to about the like 14, 1500 level and are Mm -hmm. kind of trying to transition higher into class, a expert master, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a, I think it's a different, a different kind of thing that, that permeates into life, which is kind of really that intense depth, right. And being able Mm -hmm. to study deeply, do research and, you know look at games and analyze positions and really deeply work on that pattern recognition for tactics and, mm-hmm. and, and and even and even planning you know i think that i think that you know a lot of a lot of kids little kids especially you know i've been running a lot of these k1 events recently with with my with my kid there and you know they they're not necessarily planning too deeply yet but right. you know as you get stronger you know being able to plan deeply and anticipate okay If my opponent does this, what am I gonna do? Taking it a level further, you know, taking it a level Mm -hmm. further, you know, calculating more and more moves deep, going back to this idea of just rational decision making. I mean, that's what that is, right? Like those who can those who can kind of anticipate further and and not be you know emotionally phased by unexpected things, right? Or rather, know what to expect at every level. I think that's huge in, 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 in chess and in life. And so I definitely see, you know, yeah. like the 1400 plus crowd, certainly your experts and masters, you know, having that very deeply woven within the fabric of their minds and, you know, helps them tremendously in, in all aspects. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with that. And I appreciate how you phrase
0: that too, that at different levels of chess, you have different potential benefits right early on you have these certain benefits that are that are the pattern recognition and the simple problem solving and at early ages especially like you mentioned the patience the focus the you know these kind of things and then as you go up right there's additional ones for example at chess for life we talk about our 10 life skills that we teach through the game that we inculcate in in youth and they don't realize they're necessarily learning them it's just happening through the training and the mindsets that we strive to achieve right? Just like that one about you can win, you can draw, or what else can happen? You can learn, right? Fail is first attempt in learning, right? Acronym for it. And it's this growth mindset, it's developing grit, and you're just doing it through this fun game. And and that carries over into like the can-do attitude. If you think you can, you probably can. If you think you can't, you definitely can't, (laughs) right? Because you're not going to try. Yeah. You you just won't do it. Right. So it's this mindset, resiliency and grit and growth. And then as you get to those upper levels of chess, shall we say, you get this deeper element. And one thing you pointed out is, yes, I'm a national master. Right. Earned that in the Mm -hmm. high school years. And one of the things I like to say about the difference of thinking that I believe I do as a national master. And I'm not saying it's true for every master on how you think. But the way I see myself thinking is I'm always thinking just backwards right? I'm always thinking, take the resources in front of me on the chessboard. What are my strengths and weaknesses determining an objective and a goal, and then saying, what's the, what's the most efficient path forward to move me towards that goal, knowing that there's going to be new information coming every turn. Right. And then, so you, you mirror this ability to focus and calculate and think ahead and visualize with this backwards thinking of goal setting and planning. And, and just step back from that a sec. Imagine if youth in our country and the world thought that way in terms of their choice of college, mm-hmm. in terms of where their unique skill sets and energizing activities are and where they're going to be, right? Yeah. Would we have the college debt problems we have today? If the majority were thinking that way so long ago, right? Because do we think far enough ahead and then make the moves towards it and then reevaluate just because you made a choice today, new information may say, I need to leave that. But how many people are, are, are stuck with sunk cost bias? Yeah. Right. Because I I started this way, I better keep going there. Otherwise I made a mistake. Well, maybe yeah. not. Maybe you just learned what you need for the next <laughs> next step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of went off on that tangent here because you're speaking so true to it and you're living that, right? You went Absolutely. 10 years at Lakeside School and you didn't go, because I've done 10 years, therefore I need to finish a career here. Right. You went, I've learned tremendous stuff here. Now what's the next step towards
1: the goals, right? Exactly absolutely so it's, and I it's think as, as you say that that iteration that iteration that constant desire to improve and get and get better and right. take your talents to the next level is again it, it's embedded within chess and and in life
0: absolutely now you mentioned ahead of uh, our our talk here that sportsmanship was one thing that really stood out to you as a key life lesson yeah. right through the game can you expound on
1: that a little bit yeah absolutely so so i think that that sportsmanship and, and and on a more broad level kind of affability camaraderie community i mean in in many ways that's kind of what carries us forward and brings us joy in a lot of ways as as humans and i think that one of the reasons i was drawn to chess in in middle school when when those those friends approached me was because I could see that while it is competitive, while there is that, you know, there is that fire to to grow and improve, it's also really collaborative and beautiful. And and it's 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 in many ways it's kind of like a learning hive mind to use an education term, in right. the sense that you know, you're constantly bouncing ideas of each other. You know, like I'll 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 lose a game to a stronger player, but they'll offer to go over the game with me afterward. Right. That's incredible. Right that doesn't happen in football or basketball or tennis. Like nobody's like, oh yeah, you know, and in, in this, in this moment, you know, I thought maybe if you hit that shot over here, no, none of that. Like, right, but but in chess, it's, it's amazing, right? Like you, when, when you play a friend, someone in a tournament, you make a friend, you, you have a new study buddy, you know, you can, you can um, analyze things with them. You can get better. And, and I think just this you know there's some exceptions like with any game you know but but i find that in general you know having run so many tournaments and organized so many tournaments and and played myself just in general people are so sweet so thoughtful you know they may be a little disappointed when when things don't go their way but at the end of the day that growth mindset right they're they're constantly seeking to figure yeah. out oh what could i have done better Right. And right. and they'll compliment their opponent, like great job on that move, you know, like, and that's, that's so cool. Right. Exactly. But, like, you don't really see that in, in other, you, you know, like sports certainly teach you sportsmanship. There's no doubt, but I think, I think it's a unique environment in that it's simultaneously competitive and super collaborative with this desire for the Kind of collective growth, which right I think as a as a
0: whole agreed, and I'm glad you brought that out there because you think about it, right? A sports team they compete, and of course there's sportsmanship. Let's say soccer or the you know European football, and yeah. and these things yeah. where there's the traditional sportsmanship aspects of shaking hands and these kind of things, right? And as a team, you're always improving and striving to do this, but there's not that same piece. We're in a chess match. It's very common in big events for them to play each other, even strangers. And after the game, sit down together and review the moves played and go, what could we have done to improve? And we help each other. So that collaboration, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that out under the sportsmanship piece here. That is huge. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And and the doors it opens. Yes. Because you mentioned a, a couple of things like, like this uh, connections that are built, the collaborative ease. I'm just going to put a plug in right now. There's a mutual connection of ours, Florian Health right? From Amazon Twitch and been leading the Amazon Global Chess Club. He's doing amazing things, a huge advocate for collegiate chess into career. And we've done some work together. If you're listening to this, you can always listen to our interview with Florian also on the spotlight and what he's doing to bring the Pan Am Collegiate Championships hosted at Amazon this next January. And in there, is an incredible opportunity where participants in there get an opportunity to meet people and potentially acquire mentors in these companies when they have fields of interest where STEM and chess is so connected or STEAM and chess, right? And and where does that happen? Where could you be a college student and potentially have a high level engineer at one of these tech companies willing to mentor you because of the connections that occurred through chess, right? The, The connection. And so that's just another aspect. There is so much here. Time is short. We could talk a long time on these pieces, but you've done a tremendous amount, right? With using chess and music and many other spheres to positively impact youth, right? To build up the future. And that's so amazing. And I appreciate that, Shiva. Before we wrap up here, just really quick, you up for a quick chess challenge?
1: Sure, let's do it. Sure, why not, it.
0: right? This wind draw learn. Yeah. And as we go into that game, I also do want to ask you though, what would be a final final question here before we go to our game and then we'll wrap up. You know, if you were thinking about what you've done and you know, accomplished so far in life, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? Cuz I'm sure certain that you had mentors through your life just as I have had, right? To learn from. What kind of advice would you now give to your younger self? if you were to look back, you know, to whatever period you like, 10 years, five years, elementary, you pick.
1: Yeah. What a, what a great question. So I think the best advice I could give to my younger self is be you and trust the process. And, and I think what I mean by that is, you know, you're constantly inundated with advice when you're growing up, whether it's solicited or unsolicited. And at the end of the day, you are your own person, you have your own journey, you have your own path. And, you know, I think if anything, I found in my life, especially as an adult, to be able to welcome any and all advice, but at the end of the day, have a very authentic sense of who I am, and filter that as as necessary, right? And, um, you know, it's just like the wind, draw, learn mindset, right? Like, there are certainly elements from that that I will take and learn from. There are certain elements that may not apply to me and may not be best for me and to be ready to say, okay, that's not for me. This is, let's give it a shot, you know, and I think, and and I think that, that, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate in that I did learn that Quite young, but at the same time, I think that's still probably the best advice I could give my younger self.
0: So, so be you. Yes, I get that part. That's that's amazing. Trust the process. Can you expand on that slightly, or is that just part of being you? The process of being you.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a fair point. So, I think in terms of in terms of trusting the process is you know just kind of I'm talking more on an individual level, Mm. right? Not, Not necessarily the the systemic process or anything like that. Right. Or, that, or, that's or, why I was
0: clarifying. Yeah, right? no, no, because no, I'm absolutely. The absolutely process, no, what do you good. mean? The, yeah, the yeah,
1: educational process? No, <laughs> no, <right>. no, no, <laughs> not, not not that necessarily. Yeah. But, but no, what I mean is, is really like as you grow, yeah. there will be several roadblocks. There right. will be several challenges that you have to navigate yeah. and, and just kind of trust in your learning, trust in what you've learned thus far, that you have those strengths to overcome those challenges and got it and utilize those to keep going. Again, that growth mindset is what I'm hearing come through that. Right. In other
0: words, just because there may be an outcome that I don't like now, that doesn't mean it was a blunder. It means I learned. Yes, I got better. So trusting that that progress. Awesome. I appreciate that clarification. That's cool. You know, it's been a joy having you come on again, Shiva, really, you know, I've admired the work you've been doing and there's so much more. We've barely touched the surface and you very, you, you have not said a a percentage of the impact that you've had. And I want to thank you for that because you really in your advisory work towards early learning chess and earlier, early education, high school education, you were a significant piece of the math development, even at Lakeside School. Right. There's so many aspects that you have done. And I applaud that work with your overarching mindset of seeking to provide value and growth and such. So any last thing you would like to add before we sign off as we as we move forward?
1: Well, I want to say thank you too. It's really lovely to connect and chat uh, with a fellow, an old friend, a chess dad, you know, homeschool, all of these things. And, and, you know, I would just, I would just add, you know, for, for all those viewers out there who are, you know, just thinking about chess and a little unsure if chess is for you, Mm -hmm. give it a try. It's uh, what do you have to lose? It's a game, you know, and it's a lot of fun. And, and I think that There's a lot of, there's a lot you can gain from chess outside from just the game itself. It's, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, the community, the sportsmanship, the friendship and, and that decision-making under uncertainty. It's, it's made a world of difference in my life. And even if you're just playing for a little while, I think it can make a pretty big difference in yours too.
0: That is awesome, Shiva. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And once again, everyone listening, be sure to like and subscribe in order to not miss out new episodes that come out regularly here. Uh, Thanks again. Pleasure having you. Best wishes in your ongoing work. Look forward to staying in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks.